Welcome to Become an Idol. I'm Dr. Robin Sargent, owner of Idol Courses. This is the place where newbies come to learn and veterans share their knowledge. I have here with me today, Talia Taylor, and I actually met Talia in the Become an Idol Facebook group, and she just was always a really active participant from the time that she joined the group and always giving contributions and asking really good questions, and um, there was a time when uh, uh, Talia actually reached out to me and she said, hey, um, do you think you could just kind of talk to me about my portfolio and my resume and I'm really ready to, you know, take that uh, next step, get to that next level to land um, an instructional design job. And then not but like a month later, Tully was writing a comment at the bottom of one of my live videos. I was like, one of the best pieces of news I've, I've heard or seen, I guess I saw it. And that was that she has landed her first instructional design job. So I have brought Tolia on to come and share her story of her journey to become an idol. So Tolia, would you please introduce yourself and tell us like a little bit about yourself and, um, and what you are currently doing? Yes, absolutely. As you were talking, I've, I'm hearing like, you know, the, I don't know, in your iPhone, when um, you put the congratulations and then the confetti burst and you can kind of hear the applause in the background, like, yay, yay. I was just hearing that celebratory sound and music. Um, but yes, my name is Talia Taylor and I am officially an instructional designer. I have about uh, around 14 years experience in the field of education. I've served in a multitude of capacities, starting from the ground up as a tutor, moved my way on up to an instructor where I was actually instructing alongside credential teachers in schools out here in Northern California. I've also taught teachers how to teach. I've been invited onto university campuses to do that. And um, now I am a consultant to a utility company doing instructional design. Fantastic. And so how did you actually decide that you wanted to move into instructional design and, and get your start? So when I was in grad school, I was going to school for my MBA and I was in a room full of colleagues or peers who were all in corporate and they all had different titles. Most were, uh, some were in finance, others were in marketing. And uh, my program was a pretty diverse program in terms of the curricula. We were able to, you know, get a little bit of exposure into all aspects of uh, corporate business. And uh, with the exception of one, which was human resources, they were kind of lacking on that. But I was trying to figure out, well, where do I fit in? I'm coming from education, going into business. They're seemingly polar opposites. How do I connect the two? A few of my classmates suggested that I go into human resources, and I think maybe one or two people were talking about training. 
And it didn't really ring a bell at that time. It didn't sound too exciting. And so I just was on Google one day. And all I remember is that the phrase instructional designer came up on Google. I don't know how, because I wasn't aware of that title. So I know I couldn't have been searching for it, but it just popped up on my screen. And I said, oh, wow. I love instruction. I like to design things. Is there really a role that allows me to do both? And so, you know, I just clicked, clicked on links and learned more about the, the role and how people are getting compensated and where they're working and what their roles and responsibilities are. And the job description pretty much seemed like me and my resume. So I just, I was like, well, I need to go into this. Why not? It's, it's what I'm doing and it will allow me to gain more corporate exposure as well. So yeah, kind of a series of events, but mostly that haphazard Google search where instructional design just kind of came up out of what seemed to be nowhere. So to prepare for your career change, like what kind of job application assets did you get together and, and what did you do to land that first idle job? So what I did is I, I actually, I was working at Yelp at the time and I quit my job. I was working in sales as an account executive and I wasn't selling anything, but I was on the phone for like, I had the most talk time. I'll be on the phone for like two hours with people just talking. Um, Cause as you may or may not know in that particular role, we do get um, scored on how long we're talking, how much talk time we have. So my little trick was to just find a couple of people to have long conversations with. It didn't really go over too well because my managers would want to know, like, why am I talking so long and not closing any deals? So long story short, uh, I just kind of started to feel embarrassed, like having all these talks with managers about things that I already knew I was doing on purpose. So before, before I you know, soured any relationships, which thank God I didn't. But before that happened, I said, you know, let me just go on and slide out. Let me quit. And that same day that I quit, I said, oh my gosh, well, what's next for me? So I hired a, um, a resume writer. I did get a coach, um, a career coach slash resume writer to really get help, um, adjusting my resume. So that was the first thing I did is I sought professional help. All these years I've been doing my own resume and they've got me some pretty okay jobs, but I figured after getting an MBA, I landed a low paying position at Yelp. And if my resume had something to do with that position, I need help. I really, really need help. Um, so I invested in that service, which was extremely helpful. Um, my resume was rewritten. My uh, LinkedIn was rewritten. And I received a lot of uh, calls and inquiries from recruiters. So that was the first thing I did. Um, I, I, I interviewed, that was the second thing. It For a while, it didn't land into a job because of course I didn't have the experience they were looking for. Um, so I applied for an internship um, out here with a private physician group and um, I landed the internship, which was my first, um, you know, kind of instructional design gig. And, um, and I used that content to develop my portfolio. So 
the first thing was invest in my resume and my online brand. The second thing was to just get any type of experience. Um, my internship was paid, fortunately, but it was still an internship, no benefits. But I did what it took to get that experience and then uh, develop my portfolio would be the third step. And the fourth step, which I think was the most uh, pivotal, was really getting feedback on that portfolio. It's one reason why I joined your group, why I asked you for feedback. I was just so open and ready for experienced people, people who are much, much, much better than me, who had who've gotten their feet already planted in the industry to give me honest feedback on what my portfolio was looking like. And after, after I would speak to someone, I would change up my website, change up my portfolio, ask for more feedback and just keep, keep, you know, revising my portfolio until finally it looked like, you know, something that was valid uh, for lack of a better word. So those are the steps. Oh, that felt so long-winded because it was, but. No, what? <laughs> I, was, I was digging it because this is all really good information, right? Because you talked about all the ways that you've invested in yourself to get where you want to be. And yes. so, I, I mean, I, I, that's a good message uh, no matter how long it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, You've already talked about um, some of the credentials, and so you have an MBA, and what did you get your bachelor's in? I got my bachelor's, and I have a bachelor's of arts in English with an emphasis on creative writing, which, oh my gosh, we never thought, and when I say we, I'm talking about my family and I, we never thought that that would pay off, and for a while, I was upset about that because it really wasn't, I mean, it was paying off emotionally. Um, it made me feel good. And there were creative writing gigs. A gig is very different than a job. But there were a lot of creative writing gigs I was able to book and be kind of my own person, my own freelancer. Um, but as I got older and those gigs were not turning into jobs, I was getting frustrated. But anyway, so bachelor's um, of arts and English, emphasis in creative writing, and then a bachelor, um, another bachelor of arts in Africana studies with an emphasis in behavioral and social sciences. So I was just kind of going on a whim, majoring in what I felt what spoke to my soul, spoke to my purpose. And, you know, the first 10 years out of college, the first three to five were very rewarding. I didn't have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of bills to pay. So, you know, I was, you know, doing the creative writing thing, starving artists. Um, but like I said, as I got older and my grandmother started talking to me about retirement and all that, um, I kind of got resentful, which is why I went to get an MBA, something that I felt like would hold more value. Um, and that, that didn't seem to be paying off immediately. So then I took this class, uh, enrolled in a certification program through Harvard Extension School. So that's what I'm working on now. Um, and that certification is in uh, learning technology and design. So, and I think that's, that's kind of more up my alley, but they all, they all have their, uh, they all are working together to have an impact on, you know, my decision to be an instructional designer. They, they're all starting to come in handy now. 
Well, that's what I was thinking as you were ta- like listing out your credentials. I was like, oh my gosh, I bet creative writing um, is really useful skill. And then of course the MBA will just to understand, you know, how to solve business problems is right. what instructional designers do. And then, um, and then like the cultural and behavioral studies, even that can come into play because it's about like understanding like people's behavior. So even if it is like to a you know, certain culture or, or whatever, it's still relevant in instructional design. So you're right. It all, it all kind of comes together. Oh, yes. It's like I just feel like everything that I've been doing the past decade has it's, – it's finally paying off. And I, I totally understand what at the time older professionals were saying when I was younger, you know, just keep investing, be patient. Um, don't take any shortcuts, you know, all the colloquialisms we hear as it relates to being a professional, they're, they're there for a reason, you know, the idioms, they're there for a reason. These, these catchphrases, they're all, they've all been created for a reason and it's, and it's true, you know, so yeah, it's all they're, they're paying, they're paying off. So it's, it's good. Yeah. Well, what I like that's similar to what you just said is like pay your dues. And I remember that's what everyone told me when I was uh, frustrated being a part-time librarian. And and so, yeah, I mean, everybody has to pay your dues. Even when you land that first instructional design job, you have to go in entry level. Uh, But then after that, I mean, the, you know, the industry is yours. And so, yeah. What kind of things are you, what kind of projects do you work on in your, in your first like full idle job? Yeah. Um, so right now I do have a full-time, full-time legit job, which is great. Um, and so right now I am working with a utility company and we are redesigned. Well, we're not necessarily redesigning. What's the right word? We're reviewing all of their um, all of their curriculum for the equipment that uh, the staff that the staff use and so uh, we're updating the curriculum we're having to meet again with subject matter experts to get their ideas and opinions on you know whether or not the curriculum needs to be revised in a way that best facilitates their instruction so I'm more I'm more on the back end um, and kind of like I was saying before this is I'm doing more so uh, I call it the administrative part but if, if I guess if we're using an Addy model I'm doing the full Addy model um, where in some positions I wasn't doing that I was just more so in the design you know doing the design portion um, and maybe sometimes the development, but here I'm, I'm able to walk through the entire process to make sure that a project is developed and maintained. So I think that's pretty cool. And it is very, very new to me because I'm just really used to designing something, um, and delivering the output without having to do the analysis and, um, a thorough evaluation and, and all that. So I don't know if that really answered the question. Um, and the reason why I'm kind of all around because I am still new to the position and I'm still figuring out exactly what what my line items are. But I do know that 
I do an analysis of the course. I work with subject matter experts to design the course, um, generate questions if there aren't any or modify the questions. Uh, there's a psychometrician on board, which I've never heard of, but it's cool to know that there is a scientific approach um, to how, you know, to how things are developed. It's really cool. Now, what did you call it? A scientific what? A psychometrician. <laughs> a psychometrician? Yeah, you know, technically I haven't really, I haven't even looked it up. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, I need to look this up so I can explain to people, you know, how cool it is to have this person on board. But basically, it's like, um, and it's something that I, 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 would, I would hope, a skill I would hope to develop or even just something to consider, um, you know, whenever I decide to branch out on my own and freelance, but basically it's like when we're developing questions for a knowledge check or really an assessment at the end of a course, there is a way to, to score questions and calibrate them in a way that really makes the learning uh, content fair um, across a variety of learning styles and across a variety of competencies. So, um, and there's a science to it. I don't know what that is. That's that's within her role and her job description, but that's precisely what she does. It's all about, um, you know, putting numbers behind how people learn and the effectiveness of our instruction. It's really cool. So, yeah, I think actually you got the definition right on too. Oh, right? okay. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, somebody that um, that you know takes the science and applies it to um, educational and psychological measurements. So yes. like testing or whatever. Yes. So they're like mm -hmm. testing or assessment experts. So you yeah. totally nailed it. And like when you said that um, it's about making it fair across yes. all the different levels. So yep. not building oh, cool. in those test bias. So that's, that is very right. cool. I, I actually, I didn't even know that they, um, you know, companies were hiring psychometricians. So it's, that is a, a neat aspect to your job. So um, I also wanted to um, get you on here and make sure that you say like, what was like the most important thing you learned on uh, so far in your journey to become an idol? Like what are those key things you'd want other people to remember? Um, I would say, oh, wow. That's a good question. That is a really good question. So on the journey to becoming, I would say just practice, practice, practice. I, I think that I really stepped it up when I joined your group on Facebook. And I don't know, I mean, just really being hungry is how I found your group. Um, you know, because I think when we're really hungry for a certain level of success, our mind starts to open up to possibilities and we start to think different like oh maybe i need to join a group how can i join a group facebook it's just the answers start coming to us and so i got on facebook i joined your group and lo and behold there's a community of people who are all doing the same thing they're excited about it it's very focused they're not talking about um, dating or whatever else may have you on your regular timeline or thread. It is very focused. Um, and you're in a group of people who are just as, if not more determined. So I think that was, that to me really, really helped me to focus and, um, either, 
getting a group within a group, you know, maybe exchanging. I, I met someone off of Facebook. Um, I invited her to join Idol shortly after um, I found out about it. And we exchanged emails and gave each other feedback on certain projects that we were working on just out of habit, you know, just we weren't hired by anyone to do these things. We just knew we needed to develop our portfolios and get feedback from people who think like educators. Um, and so that was very helpful. Creating deadlines is very helpful, which is one reason why I joined the group. Uh, because when other people know that I'm saying I'm going to do something, I typically do it, whereas it's just myself. Um, I would, so joining a group, getting feedback, uh, just reaching out, reaching out to professionals who have more experience. Like I reached out to you. I also reached out to a couple of other people I met on Facebook and everybody is just so willing to donate their time to look at a portfolio or, or look at a course outline and give really solid feedback. And the good thing is, is that you know choosing people who are more experienced they're giving you industry feedback industry level feedback versus just an opinion and that right there it's it's really helped me along the way so um i would say that that's been the a, a key driver Wow. That's perfect. I mean, you even like covered like what was my last and always my last question, which is like, what is like your best and final tips that you would give uh, someone who wants to become an idol? But do you have <laughs> any more to share? Yeah, I would say just stay, stay hungry, definitely stay hungry. And then also stay open uh, because I think I'm still becoming an idol. I, I wouldn't say I'm there all of the way. And uh, because I have a lot to learn on this job. And one thing that they tell me, which is really surprising, is don't expect to complete something that I finished. Now, if it was me talking to myself, that's what I end up doing. You know, I have so many projects I need to finish. But, you know, when you're working for a corporation or a large business, that's kind of the last thing we usually hear. But it is becoming more commonplace where change is so rapid that projects get handed off to someone else or in the middle of your project, you have to pivot into something else. And so... Um, I think in instructional design, my gauge is that that is that might be rare, um, but I just happen to be working at a place where there is a lot of change going on right now. And so just being open to it. I know as creative people, we like to own our projects from beginning to end. And um, just having that flexibility to work with a team or maybe start something or jump in the middle of something or even just complete the end um, to know that it's all, it's all sharpening our skills. It's making us stronger, it's making us smarter, and it's just making us more adaptable and ultimately more marketable. Um, so I would definitely say that's the main reason to keep an open mind so that you can continue to remain marketable. That's, I mean, yeah, final words, remain marketable. That's, <laughs> that's my summary of all that I just said. Yeah, do what you can to remain marketable. Talia, thank you so much for coming and sharing your story. I know a lot of people are really gonna benefit from uh, just even like your fresh perspective because you know this just became a reality for you. So thanks again. Thank you so much for listening. You can find the show notes for this episode at idlecourses.com. 
If you like this podcast and you want to become an instructional designer and online learning developer, join me in the Idle Courses Academy where you'll learn to build all the assets you need to land your first instructional design job, early access to this podcast, tutorials for how to use the e-learning authoring tools, templates for everything course building, and paid instructional design experience opportunities. Go to idlecourses.com forward slash academy and enroll or get on the wait list. Now get out there and build transcendent courses.